Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hi, this is Roy Green with Beauties and the Beast. Each week, Catherine Swift, RoyGreenCanadians.ca, financial columnist Linda Leatherdale, and former member of Parliament Michelle Simpson, who was the seatmate to Justin Trudeau, all get together with me for a completely politically incorrect, truthful session. Canadians can't afford uh, to keep paying for Justin Trudeau's failures, and the only way uh, for this to stop, for us to get our energy sector back on track, to, to have better trading relationships with our important allies, uh, is for a Conservative government in 2019. And this is precisely what uh, governments uh, of all levels, in this case the jurisdiction is the federal government, uh, they need to take every opportunity and use every tool that they have to restart the, the approval process, the construction uh, of this pipeline, so that we can actually finish the construction of this pipeline and, and realize some of the benefits across our nation. This is a, this is, this is a real problem for, for our economy, I would say, just not in Western Canada, but across the nation. So there are two of our guests uh, from today, earlier today, the Premier of Saskatchewan, Scott Moe, and Andrew Scheer, the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, on the issues that are circulating not only in this country, but really globally, because what happens as far as the pipeline is concerned, and really T, uh, TMX is the is the canary in this proverbial coal mine on the energy sector. This is what affects investors across the, the, the spectrum. And Tom Caldwell, the chairman of Caldwell Securities, told us that as well earlier today. Um, it is time for Beauties and the Beast with, let's see, uh, Catherine Swift, who's back with us, did a little solo stint earlier today, workingcanadians.ca, former CEO and president of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Welcome back. Thanks, Roy. Michelle Simpson, former Liberal Member of Parliament and seatmate to the Prime Minister of Canada. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Roy. And Linda Leatherdale, the former money editor of the uh, Toronto Sun and vice president of Cambria Canada, whose husband, Ian, is celebrating his 105th birthday today. <laughs> Happy birthday to Ian. <laughs> and, they're, and they're all out by the pool taking oxygen. <laughs> I, yes, and trying to blow out candles, which is amazing. Wait, hold it, hold it. They didn't legalize oxygen. They, that's been legal for a long time. Is it, they have their stuff there. No, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just kidding. So here we are on uh, the Saturday following the week that is. And what a week it is, what a week it is, and what a week it continues to be, and next week it'll continue as far as NAFTA's concerned with uh, our delegation. Why is uh, Jerry Butts part of the delegation? Hasn't he made it a practice of insulting uh, Canadians uh, regularly? Is Why is he part of the delegation? Who hasn't? Who hasn't made a practice of well, insulting Well, yeah, that's true. He's stand, he's yeah, stand in for the uh, PM. Well, I, I would rather see somebody who's actually been elected to office. I agree, Roy. To Jerry Diaz, the head of the uh, uh, Unifor, is also yeah. part of this stupid delegation. Well, but but uh, going the back to Butts... thing is cockamamie. Well, Butts, 
Look what he did in Ontario, and then he goes on to the Prime Minister. Give us a break. Well, we keep electing them Canadians, so, you know, let's look in the mirror. Okay, so let's look at what we've got going on now. So the issue about uh, Trans Mountain had to do with tanker traffic and the orcas, and the International Energy Board's position is we didn't believe that that was part of our mandate and our responsibility, so we didn't get into that. And uh, then there was the dialogue with indigenous groups, and it was felt the court ruled that that the, uh, that the the dialogue wasn't two-way, it was one-way with the representatives of the NEB listening to what uh, indigenous groups opposed to the pipeline had to say. And so here we have the prime minister of this country saying that he's going to move, make sure that this the Trans Mountain moves ahead in the right way. I have no idea, Michelle, what that means. What does moving ahead in the right way mean? It means slowly, and it means we screwed up. And I, I really don't have any idea. I like the option, Roy, believe it or not, of them legislating, changing the legislation, and setting aside the verdict, because I'm tired of this. I'm really tired of it. It's gone on and on and on, and someone comes out of the woodwork. I asked uh, Scott Newark, former Crown Attorney in uh, in Alberta and former Executive Director of the Canadian Police Association, now an adjunct professor at Simon Fraser University, whether or not this was an activist court decision, and he read most of the 275 pages of the decision, and he doesn't see this as an activist court uh, decision. However, he does say that there are activist judges in Canada, and that's something we need to address because activist judges can simply set aside rulings and laws passed by the elected representatives of the people, and that is a concern. I also asked Scott, because where if this appeal is successful and it goes, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves if there is an appeal, and it goes to the Supreme Court of Canada. Scott pointed out that there have been times the Supreme Court of Canada has taken an activist position or has taken no position at all and tossed it back to the other the lower court. If 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 that happens, we're going to be treading water forever. Yeah. Well, we wouldn't if if this kind of garbage had happened 100 years ago, we wouldn't have a national railway. We wouldn't have, you know, we wouldn't have a country, frankly. And I I partially blame the courts. It's not just their fault. Uh, the government could provide better direction and they have not. In fact, they've opened the they opened the floodgates by by uh, talking about with Energy East when they talked about upstream and downstream emissions. They they basically killed Energy East, for example. You know, they have opened the floodgates here for the courts to rule. The courts do not rule in the Canadian public interest, and this is only one of many many examples. And uh, I think they should all, you know, a pox on all their houses. They should all be held accountable. Yeah. There are tell me this, Michelle. Are there times when legislation is considered? and before it's passed, where the political party in power will factor in appeals to courts or appeals by courts, no, appeals from third parties to courts to intervene, and they'll factor in the court's uh, participation. So we'll look good in the legislation we present knowing fully well that it's not going to be law or even be law very long or even become law because somebody's going to complain and appeal and it's going to go to the courts. Rarely. I can't remember a case. No? That's why I was concerned, and I took a hawk's view. Seriously. 
that Parliament can change the legislation and the decision by the court can get set aside. Well, there is a lever, is there not, constitutionally? And I, I don't know whether the notwithstanding clause would be something no, that they, might well, come they, into play they here. Is, they could do it. The but legislation has to, they can change it, yeah. and they can change it quick. The, the, because this is ridiculous. We're being held hostage by one group after another group after another group. And as I Vivian like Christ, what Rachel Notley had to say. Yeah, and as Vivian Krauss pointed out, that money's just keeping flowing across yep. the border from the United States. Yeah. What happened to social license, eh? Yeah, Not Lee and Trudeau? What a big farce that was. <laughs> Anybody paying attention knew that was a farce from the get-go. Oh, my God. So what's your best guess about what's going to happen as far as the pipeline is concerned? Well, He'll kick the uh, ball down the road. Yep, with an appeal where I agree with Michelle. What well, we're going to have an election doing, next year, and this will still be hanging in limbo. That's exactly. my Exactly. What they yeah. should do is exactly what Michelle said. Legislate it, get on with it, and play the role the federal government's supposed to be playing. It, this, this is getting kicked around, and we cannot wait. Because our economy, it's not just about the oil. It's about our economy. Mm-hmm. We are not viewed on the world stage as someone is a country dependable to invest in are we have we have we been sufficiently um uh i don't want to use the word fair but has have we has the government been sufficiently responsible in its seeking out of and listening to the opinions and the views of indigenous peoples who are opposed to the pipeline well the funny thing is they don't seem to be that amenable to listening to all of the many, many indigenous groups that are favoring the pipeline. That's true. And realize their welfare will be enhanced by it. But those groups yeah. didn't. Those groups didn't didn't oppose the pipeline and didn't appeal the well, then the situation. It, then it, but I understand what you're saying, Catherine. So the 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 fact is that the, the there are many indigenous groups that support the pipeline. Yeah. So the argument, by extension, is yeah. We we had enough we had enough for consultation. Yeah, yep. in my view, absolutely. In my and view, name too. another country that would have as much. By the way, no, I wouldn't have. I can't it. think of one. So, uh, cost us one hundred and seventeen billion dollars over ten years. I keep repeating that from what Frank McKenna oh. told us. One hundred and seventeen billion over ten years is what we lost in selling our oil at a discount to the United States because they're our only customer. We're, we're forced to sell our stuff to them. Uh, let me take a break. When we come back, let's switch over to NAFTA. And Donald Trump says he really doesn't care whether Canada is involved or not or whether there's a deal with Canada or not. He couldn't care less. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line it's possible 
complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Back with uh, Catherine Swift, workingcanadians.ca. At uh, Linda Leatherdale, um, Vice President of Cambria Canada, and Michelle Simpson at Michelle Simpson, former Liberal Member of Parliament and seatmate to Catherine, uh, to seatmate to Catherine Swift. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> seatmate no, <laughs> seat to the Prime Minister of Canada, Catherine Swift. We wish we were that lucky. <laughs> hey, here's something from the Daily Caller. I just read this. It says, NAFTA talks between the U.S. and Canada wound down yesterday afternoon. Both Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and Foreign Affairs Minister Christian Freeland were stressing cooperation. Neither directly commented on President Trump's off-the-record comments to Bloomberg News that he would not compromise with Canada. After leaving discussions with U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer on Friday afternoon, Freeland told reporters, we're continuing to work very hard and we're making progress, but we're not there yet. This is a very complex agreement and we're going to continue working at it. Related, Trudeau remains positive as Trump says no compromise with Canada. There's been a virtual news blackout since the Trudeau government looks at its increasingly limited options next week. On Sunday, Saturday, Trump continued to blast Canada. I love Canada, but they've taken advantage of our country for many years. This doesn't sound to me like a president who's even interested in... Well, I shouldn't say that. He may be, he may be, he may be negotiating as he did as a real estate developer in Manhattan. What do you think? <laughs> well, I think Trudeau... I love the, the headline on the National Post. Trudeau's really bad week. Well, I think, given the tweet today from Donald Trump, this bad week is going to continue into this week... And this is a travesty for, for Canada. Um, and it's a travesty for a lot of American firms that operate here in Canada, like the company I work for. Um, How are they reacting? Well, you know what? We, we, we oh, talked maybe I shouldn't about ask it on that. a conference call, and they go, well, your prime minister might be cute. I said, yeah, but he's getting trumped. And he said, well, you know what? We can't do anything about his selfies. So, you know, I don't know. Is there respect there? Um, I can tell you that the Davis family that owns it started off in the dairy industry. They don't like the marketing thing that we have here in Canada. But our bigger issue right now is China and the cheap imports that they're bringing in. And our CEO is taking on China with the International Tariff or Trade Commission in the United States. So where does all this, you know, I, I go, we're the, we're the largest trading partner. I listened to, to Tom Caldwell on your show this is not sending out the wrong message to investors around the world, but certainly, well, what happened to our relationship? Who's at fault here? Because this should not be happening. Isn't it? Doesn't it seem to you that Mr. Trudeau? And I don't want to. I don't want to just gratuitously pick on him because I. Everybody knows I'm not a fan of his, but don't you think he's been extraordinarily weak this week yeah. with his positions following the. Trans Mountain ruling and the the, the 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 NAFTA situation, he just seems to be so unsure that I, it's almost like you you feel sorry for him. I never feel sorry for him, but well, it's like almost as though. Well. Sorry for the uh, Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. You know, Do you know what he I mean? looks weak. He looks weak, and he if I weak. He, he, should, weak. he should he should get on his he should get a he challenger. You should get a challenger loaded up and go to New York, or Washington, rather, and get into those discussions himself yeah. as prime minister. 
But well, this is a guy that that might had any not be a great idea. Right. He doesn't even I know, know how to I know, cope Michelle. with these kinds of situations. Yeah, I know, I know what you're saying, Michelle. Yeah, and Catherine too. If he were to get involved in it, it would just get yeah. worse. Yeah. Boy, I like I liked your comment about would Daddy react this way? Would Daddy would Daddy be tougher? Well, this is what I thought. I thought this was an interesting. Uh, the thought occurred to me. Yeah. While and I forgot I forget who I posed that question to. Um, maybe it's Tom Caldwell. Uh, it, it occurred to me that what would the dynamic be if it were Pierre Trudeau versus Donald Trump? I don't. I think it would be a little bit. There would be fire in the water. There that's would be for sure. Fire, oh, yeah. That's for sure. And somebody would be situation, though. <laughs> What's that? All three of you at the same time. Sorry. That's our phone system. That's not you guys. That's our phone system. Sorry, I was just <laughs> going to say I don't know that we would have come to this impasse in the first place, because to me. This whole mess we're in now with the U.S. has been in part a fact that we've had a lot of Canadians insulting Americans while they seem to, while they seem to be able to, or yeah. while they seem to be trying to reach a deal. But also, it's, it's been neglected. It has been totally neglected. Yeah, I never thought of that. You know, I haven't been thinking about that, but we do have a cadre of people in Canada who like to stick up their noses and, uh, and, and, and let loose with their superiority complex over Americans. Yeah, there's always a proportion of Canadians that want to do that. But I've always, I, personally, I like Americans a lot. Yeah, they have their, you know, they have their foibles like anybody. But I think that's an insecurity thing on the part of a lot of Canadians that they seem to feel they have to, you know, have some superiority over Americans. I've never really understood that. All I can say is that there's some great capitalist companies in the United States. Some of them are privately held and family owned, and they are helping with the economy of Canada by investing here. And I just don't like what I'm seeing right now. This is not good. What's uh, what's this all? How's this all going to turn out, Michelle? What do you think? What's the what's the what's what's the end product here? NAFTA. I think I think it should turn out all right. Our problem is that Trump, and I'm not blaming it all on him. He really doesn't have an understanding of trade. He really doesn't, and that's quite clear. So I'm, I'm hoping, I'm cautiously optimistic that we'll make it through. And what I think you're right, Michelle, but also, I mean, here we've got a president of the United States and a prime minister of Canada, neither of whom have an understanding of trade. <laughs> Isn't that promising for some Yeah, kind of that's good, right. Good you're right, Catherine. Here? And they're in charge. Well, that's what I mean. These guys ultimately Ooh, are yeah. in charge. And it's not a reality TV show. This is the real deal, guys. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not so sure of the uh, negotiating team either, but that's just me. Well, uh, I I, I, I'm, I'm on your side on that, Roy. Beauties, thank you so much for interrupting your Labor Day weekend. And you no interruption. Oh, happy long weekend. Loved it. Hello, Canadians. Let's keep happy on okay. crossed and hope for the best. And happy 150th <laughs> in. I <laughs> 62, Roy, 62. Oh, is that right? That's right. Yeah, he's just a baby. He's just a baby. <laughs> okay, beauties. Take care. Have a great Talk weekend. To you next week. Okay. You yeah. too. Okay, bye-bye. Hit up Apple Podcasts or Google Play and subscribe to the Roy Green Show podcast. The Roy you want when you want it.